0: fuck it till you love it or love it till you fuck it whatever you do create in between i'm heath armstrong and this is never stop
1: Peeking. it's depressing like a dimple on your butt all your Schmuck friends piss their pants. Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty. Take a chance for your freedom. Miggity milk that boobie. Cause when the fear attacks and tries to crack what you're thinking, fuck no, you'll never stop peeking.
0: Heidi ho. So I'm really excited to connect as always. It's been a couple weeks. I love to sort of dive deep with you. I'm happy and honored to have a connection where we can exchange feelings and vibes and sort of expand upon this collective idea of creativity for the best, even when it feels like it's so hard to move forward. How you live your moments is how you live your life. And how you do anything is really how you do everything. So what are we doing in in our moments? and And what are we doing with anything that we do? Are you gifting love and discipline and intention into all of your actions? Look at the way that you make your bed. Look at the way that you nourish your body with particular foods. Look at the way that you tend the fire, prune the gardens, approach your relationships, and everything else in between. Are you bringing respect and discipline to that work? Because that is the foundation for who you are as a person and what you reflect back into the world. Because through respect and discipline and work, you honor the sacred art of living and you architect the details of your future. Tot Eric says, crystallize what you want your world to be. And that's one of the affirmation cards that I pulled from the new deck. I just got the sample in for the new Sweetest Affirmations deck. So it's the first deck in existence that I'm really pumped before we try to... uh, run a Kickstarter to get some support to print these out. But I have one basic copy of it and there's a really beautiful card. I crystallize what I want my world to be. One of the things that I think that we've learned throughout the last year and a half or two years of this really, really rocky road is that does anything really matter other than Putting love and respect into ourselves, into our creations, into our relationships, and into the world, I really don't know. I look at all these projects that I'm doing and all these creations that I'm making, and and I have to ask myself, like, what's the intent behind this one? Is it to impress people, or is there something drastically good behind it? Is there a fundamental mechanism that can actually help push this world into a stronger, brighter direction? Or am I just sitting in this illusion thinking that we're in such a dark space when really it's actually quite bright out there? Are we creating our own pain? Do we really just have the most epic experiences possible, but we're, we're, we're creating this, this hyper neurosis internally? Maybe I'm losing my fucking mind. But I imagine a lot of us are feeling that way. So I'm in Nashville right now. And I'll be here for a couple months. Feeling a bit lonely. A bit de- disconnected from my normal wandering lifestyle of meeting new people and opening new doors. And I've been forced to really sit and, and think and feel myself. And, and in this process... I feel like I'm connecting to probably a lot of what you're doing, sitting, thinking, and feeling yourself. It's either that or we're avoiding, right? We're avoiding what we should be thinking about. The feelings inside of us that want to come up, the emotional blockages that are just crammed in there, we either numb and suppress them or we feel them and release them. It feels like there's a lot of chaos and and, and death floating around. You can't sugarcoat it. It's just something that happens. It's a part of life. I mean, there is no purpose of life without death. But how are we using the idea of death to benefit what we're doing in our life as opposed to allowing it to cripple us and being scared? I mean, we're all returning back to ashes anyway, right? So why are we not spending each one of our moments doing what absolutely drives our excitement and our passion? I realize that there's fucked up systems in place that that enslave a lot of us to certain ways within life, to making a a, a paycheck that barely covers the, the debt payments that we have or the home that we're trying to live in just so we can get by, and therefore forces us into this system that is growing and breathing and feeding a very small percentage of people a very large percent of the money that's in the world. I realize that. It's not hard to, to it's, it's very hard to comprehend and to think about. But we have to return to love, right? And there's been some really wild things that have happened in the last couple of weeks, and I'll share a few of them. But I'm not trying to instill fear. I'm trying to remind myself and therefore you, if you're, if you're connecting and listening, that there's something really beautiful that we can remember in each breath, in each sentence, in each glance, with all of our senses. And every time we step our big toe out onto the grass or the dirt, to remember this mass of magic that's all around us that we seem to keep forgetting as we lock ourselves in these little cages and become slaves in these little systems. So a lot of people have started dying closer to me. And then some really crazy stories that have happened... Um. I think the closest one to heart would just be the amount of pain that I think my little sister is going through as last week, she did not go into work one day because she was off, but that morning, unfortunately, an employee came in and this is at a restaurant. An employee came in to get his W2, had a little quarrel with the a girl that was working there that he had a crush on. I don't know what the story is. There's no point in trying to justify it. But essentially, he opened fire and he killed some of her friends that worked there, a manager that she had. And me trying to not make this about myself, but processing my thoughts as in like, okay, I feel this way because it is my experience of what's happening. Just truly trying to understand what it feels like for her and this pain that she's trying to process. And then how, do, how does she move forward coping that when we have all of these people around her, including myself, that really don't know how to support in these situations because we've never been taught. The only thing that I know how to do is love. I used to know how to get really angry and how to hate and how to drink myself and how to, you know, into numbness. But everything keeps getting trumped by just wanting to love, like to give love, but also needing to receive it and understanding that it's kind of all boiling inside of us regardless. But how do we connect with that? I mean, how are you feeling with all this madness going on around you? I had a best friend whose uncle was framed for a double murder and then was also found dead in in a river or a lake right after. These things are are not normal, but maybe they are. I mean, they, they really do happen all over the world all the time. It's just how often do they step into our side of the world, our little boxes that we're living in? Because we really don't get this splash in the face of, hey, death is sitting right next to you until it's right next to you. <laughs> but it's always right next to us. It's just that we're not aware of it. And then it can just be gone in a flash. You could be gone. You could be portaled into the next place, the next space. The next adventure of love and exploration. Coping with it is an, is an interesting thing. It's like, who the fuck knows what the answer is? It's not substance abuse. I've tried it. It's not drinking yourself into numbness. I've tried it. I'm hearing about friends recently who got clean for many years from opiate addictions and, and you know, heroin. Relapsing recently because of the mental strain that has been put on everybody. How do we love more? How do we get together as people and create a support system for for every one of us that needs help? People are sick. We're all sick in some way. We're all very healthy and flourishing in some way too. But instead of putting people farther into labels and boxes, we need to remove all these barriers and create systems that actually help. You know, the segregation that's happening in the world, it's easy to to think like, you know, looking at the BLM movement and, and all these extremist movements as well. I mean, I'm a very moderate person and I have passion and compassion for people fighting for everyone to have rights, no matter how different you are, no matter what you look like, no matter what your shape is. But a lot of these organizations and these things that we've been creating, we're literally, ha- we have this big vision of, removing the boxes that we're all put in, removing the labels that we label each other with. But for some reason, we're using, we're using the action of putting us into more particular or defined labels to try to do this. Like you cannot remove a box by putting people into more descriptive boxes. It doesn't make sense. How do we, how do we love more? How do we come together and remove these labels and these boxes so that it's not even a question when I meet you? It doesn't even matter. What you're into, what you look like, what your gender is. I love you just the same. One thing I think about when I'm feeling down or depressed or lost or stressed is, is I stop and I ask myself, When did I stop laughing? When did I stop dancing? When did I stop playing in the mud? Ask yourself these questions. When did you stop laughing? When was the last time that you just got up and danced for no reason? I saw an epic video of my friend Manuela just fucking boogieing down on Instagram the other day. Made me very happy. When was the last time you sang? When was the last time you went outside and ripped your fucking clothes off and played in the mud? When was the last time you just surely fucked for passion? When was the last time you you shared stories around a fire? When was the last time you you loved the reset and the solitude of having a moment of complete silence with you, within yourself? With yourself? At what point did we stop being so playful? At what point did we stop being so fucking alive? This is an episode, it's a a bit of a, um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going here. It's not been easy. I'm excited. There's a lot of cool things happening, but it's, it's really not been easy. And I want you to know that I am in absolute support of working through this with you. We all have these dark, weird things. We all have these stories that we can share. We all have our own kinks. We all have our own insecurities. (laughs) I'm always the person who's going to stand next to you and say, be the most exposed version of yourself that you can. Because all these things that you're afraid other people know about you, once they know, you realize that it's fucking perfect. Who the fuck cares what anybody thinks? When you can truly be yourself without having to suppress something at the fear of what others will think, that's when love really pours out. That's when creativity really pours out. That's when you attract a supportive group of amazing people that are just like you. It's not about destiny like pulling you in. It's about other people that are around you lifting you up to your destiny. I want to be that person for you. I know you're that person for me. So in these times when I don't feel grounded, how do I become grounded? So in this episode, I want to share with you a couple ideas of what you can do to work with elements, of the natural world to become more grounded, to connect with yourself on a deeper level, to be more creative, to flow, and to find that, that pain that is causing you to be down or depressed and just hug it and wring it out and let it go so that you can make more space for something really beautiful. Some flowers, some blooms, so, that instead of swallowing the sun, we can purge it back out into the sky and watch it get really, really bright. Let it warm our skins and our body. So, I'm going to hit a couple, a little tune for my friend Matt, and then we'll jump right back into this and we'll talk about these things. Love you so much. So my gorgeous and intellectual and intelligent friend Olivia Broughton, Broton, she's like a Twinkie mix of Texas and Great Britain. She's been on this. She's been on this show before. If you go back and listen to the amazing interview with Dr. Janine Sagert, uh, who created some documentaries around using psychedelics as plant medicine to treat ayahuasca or I'm sorry, to treat uh, veterans with PTSD using ayahuasca, MDMA, and some other um, avenues. This woman was fantastic. Olivia co-hosted that episode with me. So go back and check that out. It's really good. Um, I think it was probably somewhere in the thirties range, maybe 20 episodes back, 15 episodes back, but just scroll down. There's not that many. You can find it. Olivia and I have worked within ceremony together. And a big part about ceremony in using plant medicine or natural medicine is integration. And I'm hoping to have Olivia on very soon because she's quite wonderful. Um, And integration is is a big thing because we're always trying to integrate our experiences. So no matter what you're into... In your day, whether it's something small or something huge, or you have some kind of life changing traumatic experience, or you have some celebratory experience, or you just have a normal sort of routine type day, every moment that comes after that is an integration of those previous experiences. And the best thing that we can do, obviously, is to to flow within these experiences. It's not that easy. It's not that easy, especially if we're talking about some of those life changing experiences. I remember when I was in, I mean, several times throughout my life being on the verge of of a death experience and not even really knowing it. Uh, One time when I was in college, I went to go, I had my headphones on and I went to go cross the street and I saw a green light for the walk symbol and I started walking and I couldn't hear anything because I had my headphones on and I was kind of looking at the ground and I started walking forward. And then all of a sudden I was pulled back from my backpack really quickly and onto the ground and uh, a bus, just a giant bus ran the red light and it would have definitely killed me. I mean, there's no way I would have survived that. I don't think if I stepped in front of this thing, Um, the kid behind me, uh, forever in debt, wish I could find him, say hello, say thank you, but... He was just this this little guy that I would have looked at and been like, who's this little gothic emo kid? You know, like black makeup all over his face, uh, gelled hair, big Jinko jeans, chains everywhere. Uh, it was somebody that I, I would have judged back then being the person that I was at that point. And he saved my life. And I didn't know how to say, like, I, I just looked at him like in shock and was like, just thank you. Like, you know, like, and he just, kind of shrugged his shoulders like it was no big deal and walked off. There's another time where I got a staph infection. My lower back, I ate a hole over the period of a couple of weeks down to my spine. And had it hit my spine, I would have at least been paralyzed for life or it would have killed me. I had to go to the burn unit every day and they would scrape it out without painkillers in an attempt to clean the infection, pasting the hole up with silver and all sorts of other stuff. It was an awful experience. Didn't see it coming. Something saved me. Something allowed me to be here. We all have these experiences, but something has been saving us and allowing us to be here this whole time. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking to you. Think about what in your life has has been that for you. And a lot of times, we don't even know that we're not even aware that it happened, right? You could have hit a red light that saved you from getting in a car wreck and not even thought about it because you were at the red light. You didn't see the wreck happen because you were at the red light instead. It's one of the big important reasons as to why when something gets in your way and becomes what feels like a burden that's keeping you from this fast-paced action type lifestyle to just sit in contemplation with that and be like, there's probably a reason that this is slowing me down and making me readjust and think. Maybe it's saving my life. Maybe it's allowing me to be here another day. You know, if you think as a human that you're the only force that has the power to make decisions and to make this world run, like you're crazy. There are invisible things happening all around us that our senses cannot pick up. Doesn't matter what your belief is, these types of things are happening in nature. So, how can we use nature to remind us of these when we're getting out of whack to become more grounded? Olivia and I sat down one day and we started talking about all the different elements, fire, water, earth, wind. And how can we relate with these elements to allow us to integrate our experiences in life? Now, fire is the it's the house of light in accordance to the direction east in Tolkien or Maya, um, astrology, practice, medicine. The house of light is the rising sun and gratitude for the chance to start each new day. A chance to step, to start over, right? The sun comes up every day. We, we get to start over. We get to feel that. And if you're not waking up before the sun rises, you're missing out on the greatest opportunity of the day to absorb energy. To be outside or to at least be by a window and have that sun come up and reflect onto your skin is the most powerful form of absorption of consciousness that you could possibly rage through. I mean, that, if you think you're conscious and that giant ball of fire isn't, again, maybe you should start rethinking things. We're all part of this universe in these fragments. What would possibly make us conscious when something that glorious and massive in on that much of a scale that we can't even comprehend it isn't it's sending you energy it's giving you power it's the reason that this planet is alive so therefore it's alive so i want to talk about fire first what what are some activities that we can do to work with fire to ground ourselves to bring us back into health and, and balance. So I'm not going to go like crazy deep into the complexity of these things because I do want to bring Olivia on and sort of talk about this stuff. But let's just start with the basic one, sparking a fire. I'm not talking about using gas or oil or, or fire starters or bringing your fucking man torch to a Camping trip and being like, what the, fucking watch this man who <laughs> <laughs> while you're shotgunning a fucking can of Bud Light and, um, you know, shoving Johnsonville brats up your ass. Sparking a fire is the act of being present, it's a meditation, it's being with each piece of this process that's coming together to make the fire. So you're using a flint stone or a metal striker. And the dry earth. And you have this intention to birth life. To spark life. This process alone, if you practice it, if you get yourself a flint kit. It reminds you of the power we hold as humans to create life. But only with the help and reverence for the fire and the flames. And our interdependence to these practices for this element. So, what about the idea of going out and making a fire? You have to gather wood. You got to get the twigs and the sticks. You got to get your hay to build the original nest to hold the first sparks that you're hitting with the striker into the nest. Then you put the nest into some larger pieces and then eventually the bigger logs. But this isn't that easy. I mean, we were at ceremony, like, I was told to go make these nests and like I was wandering around with my friend Lucy for like 40 minutes, just failing miserably at this, just finding dry long strands of grass and rolling them into like sort of a bird nest until Olivia came over and just grabbed them out of our hands. And within like three seconds made a perfect nest for the ceremony. We needed to take these nests. They were very important because they had to go inside of the ceremonial teepees into which Tot Eric and, and, the medicine people would use them to start the fires and keep the fires going, but they would do it with one spark onto the nest and then the nest into the fire. There's a whole thing around it, but pulling your attention into the sacredness, it really pulls you back into your ancestry line into where you came from. It's beautiful. It's very, very challenging and beautiful. So whenever you're feeling a bit wacky, why don't we just start by, like, go outside. I don't care how cold it is. Obviously, if it's wet, it's going to be a little bit harder. But that's even more of a meditative practice to sit there over time and strike and strike and strike. Don't do this stuff when it's super dry outside and fires are banned. We don't need to start wildfires, obviously. But in a controlled setting, go explore nature and have this practice for yourself. And when I was feeling very ungrounded, I had a call with Todd Eric and he said, you need to go and you need to build a fire. And the place that you build this fire, you'll know you'll have a sign that'll show you and it'll hit you and you'll be like, oh, this is where I build the fire. I'm wandering out in the woods and I see these three ravens start circling above me in the the sky. Raven's one of my core beasties. If you want to figure out what your core beastie is, go back and listen to the episode I did with Sarah Seidelman, uh, she is an amazing author who wrote a book called the book of beasties. And it's really, really good. Go check her stuff out. Um, anyway, so I see these ravens and then all of a sudden I look down and I see this fire pit that somebody had left. It wasn't like a, a mainstream fire pit or anything, but there were still some coals that were burning from some previous person. And it was weird because I was kind of out in the middle of nowhere And I was like, oh, this is where I start the fire. And so I left the group that I was with for that night. And I went down there by myself. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to start this fire. But things were wet and it took me forever. But eventually I got it going. And then he said, when you're done with the fire, take the charcoals once they've cooled off. And then you'd basically go home. Or wherever, you don't have to go home, you can stay in the woods even better. But you're gonna to wanna to mix these charcoals with some sort of flower oil, like a jasmine oil or a lavender oil. And that turns the charcoal into almost like a marker. And then you paint your body up. You paint your arms, you, you do tribal paintings all over, just stripes and charcoal all over your face, all over your arms, and you camouflage yourself. And you become one with nature. You offer up anything that you're ready to let go of to burn into the fire. I've been to a lot of ceremony or breathwork sessions where something else that you can do working with fire is you write down all the things that you want to let go of on paper and then you release them into the fire and you burn them away. The phoenix rises from the fire into rebirth. Fire is all about transformation. It's all about life. So go make yourself a fire, collect the charcoals, mix them with flower oils and paint yourself up and then pray at your altar or get inside um, a quiet space and, and meditate and come up with the things that you want to release and then release them. There's another way that you can work with fire away from the element, but with the fire in your body, and that's the fire of your energy. By being physically active, moving energy through your system, shaking your bones, getting out in nature and raging, having sex, that kundalini energy, moving blocked energy out of its hiding spaces, as Olivia would say. You can also work with the burning of of herbs and different flowers and scents, the burning of sage or palisanto or incense or uh, pure beeswax candles on your altar or in your prayer while you're, medis- while you're meditating. What does it feel like to be working with this fire? Reminding yourself that we wouldn't be able to eat as much without fire. We wouldn't be able to stay warm. We wouldn't be able to have electricity, right? Electricity is just fire that we've stuffed inside of lines to transfer. I mean, if you were to open the rubber sheets on these cords and touch them, it would be so much fire that it would in fact kill you. What are we doing with the fire? How are we using it to benefit the earth and to understand who we are as opposed to destroy things? Because fire also is turned into things like weapons, And that's not good. That's out of balance. That's out of respect with nature. So, a few more things with fire. Sweat lodges, saunas, sunbathing. Feel the heat on your body. Shake it through your bones. Sun gazing, sun dancing. If you really sit down and think about it, you'll find out that there are so many things that spark life into you from the fire element. So how do you work with fire more often? How do you become the rising sun? How do you learn about the gratitude and and the chance to start each day anew? How do you become the house of light? A big part of my summer was working with water which is to the direction west. In my Mayan astrology, I'm actually a water sign. Acuball five, born into the fifth dimension. And it's a house of the night. It's where we play in the shadow. It's the color black. It's recognized as the direction of rain. And the gratitude is wrapping around the replenishment of all things. Right? Water and... and its aspect in nurturing us and caring for us and protecting us and allowing us to flow. So what can we do to work with water? Place a bowl of water in the direction of the West in whatever your living quarters are and add flowers and cedar leaves and and make it beautiful. And do this every day. You want to replenish the water every day. You don't want it to stay the same. And when you pour the water from the previous day out, pour it back into the earth. Don't pour it in your toilet or something like that. Just go pour it into a plant. Also, when you're washing the charcoal camouflage off from being a badass running around in the woods like a fucking maniac banshee doing backflips through the treetops of universal creativity... Fill up a nice hot bath and put a bunch of flower petals in it. Roses. Rose petals in the water. Make it beautiful. And soak in that. And be one with the water. Submerge your body in natural bodies of water. Lakes, rivers, oceans, waterfalls. There's nothing quite as powerful as sitting in front of a waterfall and just feeling the momentum. It's not just a little bit of getting wet. There's something super fucking spiritual that happens there. It's why waterfalls are so sacred to native cultures. How did we forget this? Cold plunges in the mornings. Polar bear swims. It's exhilarating stuff. Oh, my belly's growling, if you can hear that. Some other things you can do are make use of aromatic sprays with water base. Obviously... You can beautify creeks and cleanse yourself, washing yourself. Basically, you're doing four dips to salute each direction. So you're going to get in the creek naked and you're going to lay down with your head, your feet, the direction that the water is flowing. So it's not flowing up against your face, but away down towards your feet. And you're going to dip yourself four times to salute each element in each direction and wash everything away cleanse yourself. You want to wash all that goo downstream. And then praying with water and sort of activating it before you bring it into your system is amazing as well. Um there's so many things that you can do with water. And I think we do a lot of it, we're just not aware. So you could start by something really simple and just making it a practice that every time you take a sip of water, thinking it as to where it came from, what was the source, how many people were involved to bring that to your cup and into your mouth, how many different forms of energy, how long has this water been around, (laughs) you know, far longer than us, air, so air is the direction north. It's the house of transformation or the moon. It's incense. It's wind. It's it's the gratitude given for the winds basically brings insights to us when we sleep. And the winds carry the birds to us to give us the messages when we dream. Go outside and listen to the wind. It carries all of the sounds of nature to your ears. It allows the fire to expand and grow. It dances with the water and the currents. It's your breath. It's your breath. One of the best activities you can do with wind is just go sit outside and meditate in complete silence. No music. Listen. Listen to the amazing sounds of nature that the wind is carrying around you. Listen and feel the wind. Feel the wind on your body after you step out of the water or the sweat lodge. They All these elements work together to make each one of them more noticeable. When you're soaking wet, you feel the wind way more than when you're not. What is the wind saying for you? What direction does it want you to blow? When you're working with the fire, where does the smoke go into the air? What direction? Watch that smoke dance. It's so fucking beautiful. When it's released from the fire, it's, it, it dances right in front of your eyes. It dissipates into the wind and blows away. All part of the earth. Watch the flame dance on the candle because of the wind. Stand in front of a waterfall and feel the power of the wind force at the base. Smacking you and bringing some of that water straight over to your face. And pray for it. Because we have to listen to the wind to know what direction we're headed. It's beautiful. And last but not least, Earth, house of the eternal sun. The Earth, the color yellow in Mayan astrology. Of course, different astrologies, obviously, different directions, things like that, but it's something that I've been going Looney Tunes deep on recently. Earth is just everything, you know, natural. <laughs> if you have an altar or a sacred space where you do your morning routine or anything like put rocks, put flowers. One thing that I do is I collect rocks from gems and crystals from all around the world of places that I visit and I bring them back. I mean, anything that's harder to touch than your skin has more energy condensed within it, which is why we can't break it apart. And crystals are some of the hardest items on the planet. Obviously the rocks, the hardest They have the most energy. What kind of energy is that bringing to your life? Again, if you don't think that they're alive and conscious, what are they? What are they doing? Why are they here? And why can we use them to create such rapid energy vortexes and things like that? I never believed in any of that stuff until I experienced it. And I promise if you've ever been in a position where you haven't experienced it, and then you do, it changes everything. Because you're like, oh, (laughs) well, this is all real. This is all really real. This place isn't so boring, you know? The earth brings abundance. It brings fertility. It brings the most important aspect of everything in our life. All elements are combined with earth, soil for growing food, medicine coming out of the jungles. One of the things I love is going out and just foraging, collecting sacred items. So many beautiful things to find on these adventures, mushrooms, plants, skulls, not like human, like murder scene skulls. I mean, at least I hope not, but I'm pretty sure one time Olivia and I did go camping and we slept next to a dead body whole fucking weird experience. And then we were walking to a grocery store the next day and this dude is passing us. And Olivia's like, Oh yeah, that time we, Oh yeah. Last night when we slept next to that dead body and the dude just stared at us and we were both just like, uh, <laughs> um, What are you doing with earth to be sacred? Are you sitting outside? Are you paying attention? Are you listening to nature and all of your core beasties and animals that are of the earth? Are you earthing yourself? Because your body restores itself legitimately by touching and being in connectivity with earth's electromagnetic force. And when you're out collecting and forging, it's always a really good practice to give back to the earth. You know, take some sacred tobacco with you or some, you know, cut a little bit of your hair off or, or spit or whatever it is that you think, you know, you can water the earth with if you have to pee or whatever. I mean, all of this cycles back into the earth and is beneficial in a way. The only time that it can be harmful is if we're all consuming a shit ton of chemicals and then shitting them out all over the earth. Like, of course, why are we, where are these chemicals coming from and why are we producing them? Why are we ingesting them? It's crazy. It's crazy. So get outside and rip your clothes off and run around in the fucking forest. Beautify all of your indoor environments to make them earthy, to be an extension of nature. Bring in plants, rocks, driftwood, skulls, like animal skulls, scrubs, ferns, you know. Start a compost so that you can return everything back to earth and let's all collectively start coming up with ideas that allow us to be more creative around sustainability and helping the earth be natural. Let's all become natural again. All right. You don't have to go get your asshole waxed anymore. Like the bush is coming back in style. We want the bush. We don't want the bald asshole anymore. You know, (laughs) that was a product of mainstream media in, you know, whatever porn making all of these little girls think that they needed to do that, but it's crazy. And then you can think about the above and the below too, the, the, the heaven or the skies and then the below, which is the heartbeat of the center of the planet of ourselves and the universe. It connects it all. You can pray to them. You can pray to your ancestors in the underworld, your lineage. All of these elements work together in any given activity. You cannot have one working without the other. They're all there. You cannot have fire without air, right? Without wind. You cannot put out fire without um, removing wind or using water or covering it with earth. And the integration of your experience is Whenever you're feeling out of whack, whenever you're feeling crazy fucking stressed, just go do any one of these things and try to make it a practice to do more often and you'll be less stressed. You'll be less whacked, you know? You'll be more creative. You'll be more connected. Your body will heal itself much more. You'll detox all of the shit that's in your body just by stepping outside with your shoes off. I mean, the amount of antioxidants you can absorb by standing outside for 10 minutes without your shoes on far exceeds any amount that you can put through your mouth orally in foods. Get yourself an earthing mat and sleep on it. It will change your life, I promise you, because it's been changing mine. And then just bring your senses back into it. Do some body activities, some mind, some self-growth work if you want to ground it also. Go to some sound baths, listen to some music, dance, move the body. Fuck it till you love it. Love it till you fuck it. <laughs> Yoga, you know, body work, massage, gua sha. go check out my three-part series on how to expand your creativity and get high, expand your consciousness without using drugs. There's about 25 different practices on there that you can use to really ground yourself and, and expand when you're feeling out of whack, to relieve stress, to get back in the zone. And then just be one with a support group. You know, we all need support. I Fuck, I do. Sometimes I sit here for days and, like, not talking to anyone, thinking, like, do I have friends? Do I create this shit for, like, am I talking to myself? And then you show up and you're here, and I remember. And it means the world to me. I'm like, no, we're not. We're not all alone. We're here together. We're trying to fight through this fucking crazy shit together. And it's so beautiful, but it's so raw, and it's not forgiving. Right? Death isn't scary. Death isn't here to steal all of your amazing moments and family and friends away from you. Death is here to remind you of how beautiful and grateful you should be for these moments and all of these family members and friends around you. It's here to remind you that you're on this planet to do something huge, to do something brilliant, to do something creative, to do something with love. Death is about reminding you to be in love. It's about reminding you to be of love because it's all love. Mhm. It's all love. Mhm. We're in this together. I am a safe place for you to come and talk and share. Please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. I hope that this has helped you navigate some things in your mind. And I'm really honored to to be able to share these things and to have this little platform that I can that I can just kind of flow with. And I love you, and thank you for coming today. I'm excited to share the Sweet Ass Affirmations Two deck coming out soon on Kickstarter. So keep tuning in for updates on that, and we'll see where we go from here. I got some of the other exciting things we're working on, including a. Uh, um, a very quick new podcast series on a different podcast under Rage Create uh, for little tidbits of motivation, essentially. And the book, all these things, get outside, do something crazy, rip your clothes off, don't go poop in someone's house or garden, but instead, you know, tend to their garden, prune their plants. How can you be constructive? I don't know what I'm fucking talking about anymore. Love you. Peace.
1: There's a place called space and it's got the magic There's a place called space and it's got the balls There's a place called space and it's got the passion There's a place called space where we can smash the walls There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity And the chatter of incompetence and slaughtered at birth In this place called space where we'll build a factory of smiles That will assemble with our minds and sell to earth
0: surprise I'm back uh I drew one more card from the new deck right after I cut that off because my mind was getting a little cloudy and it actually fits perfectly so I'm going to read it to close this episode but the affirmation is as I submerge my body in mother earth I heal all my hurts which is just what we were talking about on the episode and there's a badass drawing of a super crazy tree of life that Jason did on there um But basically, before concrete jungles, rubber shoes, sterile hospital delivery rooms, carpets, paints, plastic bottles and cubicles, et cetera, your tough-ass ancestors evolved and survived over millions of years in direct connectivity with the Earth. They were bare-assed, absorbing antioxidants, vitamins, and critical aminos, and dense nutrition through untained soils, untainted soils, natural water... Fuck. Hold on. My music started to kick on there. Let me go back. They were bare-assed, absorbing antioxidants, vitamins, critical aminos, and dense nutrients through untainted soils, natural water sources, and rejuvenating sunlight. Nature is the ultimate healer physically, mentally, and spiritually. There is a reason why ideas explode... there is a reason why ideas explode inflammation disappears and stress retreats when exploring the outdoors take off your shoes and grab some bananas yo it's time to start fucking monkeying around again yeah that was a little bit of a challenge for me to read that but ta-ta peace oh yeah all the show notes heatharmstrong.com. uh blah, blah 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 bye (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.